0: Hi guys, I have to tell you about this amazing event that we're sponsoring and is a, we're a part of. It's called Attune by Living Holy, and my good friend Jenny Emblem, who you can listen to in this feed, her uh Sunday School episode is called A Tune, is hosting the most amazing, beautiful event right outside of Atlanta, November 8th through 11th. It's a four-day wellness experience to optimize health from the inside out. She's featuring amazing inspirational speakers, interactive workshops, immersion in nature. Let me tell you some of these names. The Elizabeth Gilbert, can You Believe It?, Eat, Pray, Love, Elizabeth Gilbert, Gabby Bernstein, Sierra Rose, Shaman Durick, John Weinland. the list goes on and on about these amazing speakers and authors and just motivational individuals. It is uh, located in Serenby, and Serenby, if you haven't been there, it's a mystical urban utopia. I mean, it's incredible, guys. There's acres of forests and meadows and nature trails. Uh, there's going to be amazing fresh food and clean air, and you get to just immerse yourself in your own well-being and attune yourself to you to nature, to each other. It's going to be such an incredible spe- experience, and I'm so excited that we get to be a part of it. So if you live in Atlanta, you should definitely stop by at least for a day, if not the whole thing. The website is attunedbylivingholy, W-H-O-L-L-Y dot And then people are flying from all over the country to attend this event. So if you're not in Atlanta and you're one of our listeners somewhere else in the country the atlanta airport is pretty close to this event Fly in easy breezy head to serenby you are not going to want to miss this event if you come look for us we're going to have a mini modern mystic shop and we're going to be doing readings and stuff so uh, again attune by uh, livingholy.com and you're not going to want to miss this incredible opportunity Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Sunday School at Modern Mystic Shop. My name is Kelly, and I am your podcast host and shop owner. This week, we're gonna talk about money. And it's such an interesting topic to talk about, in my opinion, because people with a spiritual life and practice sometimes have different beliefs or hangups around money. I don't remember where I heard this, but I remember I was taught, that money is a f e e a fee a fair energetic exchange and you know money is a also to be cheesy but a currency so it's a current it's a current of energy, and so we've brought in an expert, Rachel Peavy, to discuss this topic. I know Rachel uh, as a yoga teacher. I know her as a um, marketing and PR guru, and uh, she doesn't mind me saying this because I've seen her say this publicly. I've worked with her in a tarot reading when she's, you know, was talking about how much she really enjoyed Money and and teaching people how to budget. Her company is called Blissful Budget. How to how to really support uh, your relationship with money as intuitive beings and um how to sort of connect your soul with the material world and all the cards were saying do it do it you know you've got to coach people when it comes to money this is sort of a zone of genius for you and you can really help people explore how to work with the energy of money beyond just spreadsheets you know so In this class, she's gonna teach you just that. And it's sort of like money as a spiritual practice. And it's so exciting. I, I mean, that's the best part about, I think, being a modern mystic is, you know, taking these like real world applications. Money is something that we all have to deal with, contend with. And sometimes it's wrought with emotion and history and, and actually, you know, karma from the lineage and, and the way that, that that the trauma of poverty can actually get sort of passed down through the DNA and how we're here to transform and transmute that for our familial line. So, without further ado, I introduce Where Spirit Meets Stacks, working with the energy of money with Rachel Peavy of Blissful Budget.
1: But I'm Rachel Peavy, I am a tarot reader, a yoga teacher, an intuitive empath, and I own a company called Blissful Budget where I am a money healer. So I work with my clients, not just to help them with the practical aspects of money, but to really heal your money story, which I'll talk about how that can sometimes be generations old or past lives old. Um, But I really like to combine the soulful, the practical, and the spiritual, the mystical. Which is why it meant a lot to me to come here and be in this space and to talk to all of you today. So money, I think, is the last taboo topic in our society. And so I really want to create a safe space to talk about money. A lot of us are taught from a young age that it's rude to talk about money. We shouldn't ask somebody how much they make or tell someone how much we make. Um, We shouldn't talk about how much we spent on something. Um, We might have even been taught that money's the root of all evil. And as Kirsten mentioned, if you're in like a spiritual modality or healing modality, you may have been taught that it's not spiritual, it's not mystical to ask for money for your services. None of these things I believe are true. These are all stories. So we're going to dive a little deeper into that today. Um, And also talk a little bit about like, we've given this thing so much power over our lives. And sometimes we allow money and this disconnection from spirit to keep us really small and keep us stuck. And how many people in this room have made a decision in your life because of money? Like most of the room raised their hand, right? So we're gonna talk about how we can integrate money more with spirit and how, that, how we can actually use money as a partner in our lives. But before we dive into the conversation, and I'm gonna go through the content and I'll have time at the end for questions. So if you think of a question, jot it down or write a memo in your phone. But I really wanted to get us in a very grounded space before we dive into this content and conversation because money is so tied to our root chakra. If you're familiar with like the seven chakra system, there are a lot of chakras, but if you're working with the main seven, the root chakra at the base of our spine is the energy center that's associated with money, with safety, with security and home. Money is so tied now to our survival instinct because it represents for a lot of us the ability to have food and water and shelter. And so that's why when we start to talk about money or we look at our bank statement or we open our bills, we might actually feel like we're gonna die because we're starting to worry about our ability to survive. So I wanna get us really rooted and grounded and like ready to be in this safe space that we're going to create together. So find a seat. If your feet can reach the floor, I'm short so my feet can never reach the floor. <laughs> bring your feet to the floor, sit tall, and give yourself permission to close your eyes, unless you're listening on the podcast later and driving, and then please don't close your eyes. But if you're in this room today, go ahead and allow yourself to close your eyes. And just start by noticing the breath. Notice where you're starting from without judgment. Maybe your breath is like way up in your chest or throat. And see if you can invite the breath deeper, deep down into the belly. And bring some balance to your inhalation and exhalation. And maybe with each exhalation, start to settle a little more deeper into your seat. Feeling the sits bones rooted into the chair, the all four corners of the feet on the ground. with each breath getting more grounded, more centered, more in your body, in this space. Allow yourself to leave behind whatever happened before you came into this room and whatever needs to happen when you leave this room and allow yourself to be here, physically, soulfully, mentally in this space. And visualize roots coming down from the feet, maybe even coming down from the seat, down into the earth, down through Pont City Market, down through the parking garage, all the way down into the earth's crust, down through all of the layers of the earth. These roots growing, connecting you into the earth, the earth's energy. All the way down, these roots travel down into the core the heart of the earth, this warm center. And begin to visualize this this warmth, this golden light traveling now up your roots that you've created, this root system you've established and this warm light you're inviting up. Up through the feet, this warm light begins to envelop your body. Up through the feet, over the knees, the thighs, the waist, arms, torso. Around the head. Until you are enveloped in this warm Protective, safe, light, almost like a hug around the body. Keeping you safe, keeping you secure. And in your mind, repeat, I am safe. I am secure. I am grounded. I am safe. I am secure. I am grounded. Allow your awareness to come back. Keep the eyes closed for a moment. Just begin to feel yourself back in the body. And then as you feel ready, gently open the eyes. Allow the world to come to you. And I love how every time I do this meditation, you can feel the collective energy of the room, just calm down. So if you take three things away from this talk today, I would like it to be these three things. Money is energy. Energy is abundant. And money is not our adversary. So money is energy. I'm energy, your energy, the chair is energy, this table is energy, these crystals. Everything is just energy in in a manifest form. So we have taken money, and money is really just this energy exchange. I provide a service, you provide me money back. And this energy exchange has looked different over the ages. For a while it was trade. I have something you need, you have something I need, let's trade it. And that was the energy exchange. And then we turned this idea of money into gold bars, and coins, and cash, and now all this digital currency that's out there, and what is it really but just an energy exchange? And so we, we've turned this into some like piece of paper, something that, that we look at as like very finite, which brings me to energy's abundant. So we look at money as a finite resource, and we tend to get in this mindset of, well, if I have a lot of money, then there's not enough for this person, when actually, hopefully, the opposite is true, because money wants to flow. It's energy. Energy has to keep moving, and we're taught in this society to hold on and hoard money. And yes, it's good to save for retirement and, you know, save for things, but we're taught sort of this very graspy kind of way of working with money. And actually, we're not taught about money at all. We're sort of sent into the world like, here you go. So money wants to flow. And energy wants to flow. And so, but energy is abundant. There is enough for all of us. And just because I make a lot of money, actually, ideally, that means that I'm employing somebody. Maybe I own a business and I have employees, and so I'm letting the money flow that way. Or maybe I'm hiring someone to help me care for my daughter, and I'm allowing money to flow that way. Or I'm giving to charity. These are all ways that we can keep this money energy, this abundance, flowing. And then money is not our adversary. It's actually our partner. So when we view money as this renewable resource that's flowing we can start to see that money is actually here to nurture us and support us and help us live our best life, live our authentic truth, live for our highest self. So we tend to view money as this thing that's happening to us when really it's an energy that we can partner with. And so this is where we get a little bit disconnected because we're, you know, we're taught all these things about money and rarely do we ever see money as something that's spiritual. I mean, how many times have you been to your accountant and they've said like, okay, when you look at your bills, where do you feel this in your chakras, right? <laughs> and if you have an accountant like that, please give me their name. Because I need them in my life. So today I'm gonna talk about how we can bring money and spirit together. How we can start to identify these money stories and use these stories or rewrite some of these stories that we have to more align with spirit. I'm going to talk a little bit more about moving from a lack mindset into abundance. And then I'm going to talk about sort of the fun and practical ways we can start to partner with spirit or the universe or God or whatever you believe to form a really integrated relationship with money so that it can be there to support us and nourish us. But I wanted to start out a little bit um, with my own money story because I think it's relevant to these topics that I want to cover today and so people will say oh you're a money healer that's interesting how did you get into that do you have a background in finance or accounting no I actually have a 15-year background in public relations and marketing but through that job I I did work with a lot of budgets multi-million dollar budgets at times so I got I have sort of the right brain and left brain working together. I have my intuitive side, my creative side, my yoga teacher side, and then I always really liked spreadsheets. I'm that weird friend that loves spreadsheets. And then I also have life experience, like all of us do. I'm the chief financial officer of my family. I make sure our bills get paid and, and, you know, the water stays on. (laughs) And most of us just have life experience. We don't all go to school for accounting or for finance. We just get thrown into this. We become adults and they say, go figure it out. And so we just have to do the best we can without a formal education. So I, like many people, left school very ambitious. I wanted to be a vice president at a PR agency by the time I was 30 and I wanted to make six figures because my story, my money story, was six figures equals success. When I make six figures, my life will be great. Every, all my problems will go away, I'll be successful, and I will, you know, I'll be happy. Happiness will come with this number. And so I entered the working world and I worked hard, but my intuition, myself, I always had this message that PR was not my path. I was meant to be of service. And I could feel it in my body. And I even tried to leave the PR profession a few times. I actually got a a paralegal certificate. I um, applied to grad school and did some coursework to become a speech therapist. But every time I would get pulled back in by my money story, I get pulled back in by fear. What if I don't, I would have to take a big step back financially if I changed my career at the various points oh my God, I won't be successful. I'm not gonna be making as much as I could. And so I kept getting pulled back in, kept getting pulled back in. And what happens, we all know, when you don't listen to your intuition, you don't listen to those messages, those messages get louder. And so I started to get sick. I had horrible migraines. And I had had migraines since I was a kid, but they got really bad. And I don't just have headaches, I get migraines with aura, they call it, where you see zigzag lines and patterns and they get so big they cloud your entire vision. And then I was also getting this weird gastrointestinal stuff, where I felt like somebody was like reaching in between my ribs, grabbing my esophagus and squeezing it. It was horrible. (laughs) Right in the solar plexus. And then the other thing I had was um, a lot of battle with infertility. My husband and I have been trying for three years to get pregnant and it just wasn't happening. We had done treatments and it just wasn't happening for us. And so when I think about those three centers, we've got the um, third eye chakra saying, hey, you're not listening to your intuition. You're not listening to your highest and truest self. You have your solar plexus chakra, the seat of your power. I felt powerless in my career. I felt like I was just on this train that was going. I didn't feel like I had control over my career path because I had tied myself, tethered myself so deeply to this idea that six figures was the goal. And then my sacral chakra, the infertility. I didn't feel like I could create the life I wanted. So how could I create life? But I kept on, I kept on going. And so the message got louder and and as you also know, if you ignore your messages, then the universe gets a big boulder and throws it at you. (laughs) So my boulder um, was pancreatitis. I got it from a test I was having to try and figure out what was going on because the doctors couldn't figure it out. They were like, we don't know, you look fine. Let's run this test. And the doctor poked my pancreas and I ended up almost dying and in the hospital for 10 days, unable to eat or drink on an IV. And so I had a lot of time to think about what was really important to me in life. And what's funny is how the universe works and how the universe aligns, there was a yoga teacher training I really wanted to take at my home studio. It was the first one my teacher was offering. I felt really called to it, but I was letting money keep me from it. I thought, well, I don't have the money. I don't really want to get in debt. It's irresponsible, because I also had a lot of stories about money and responsibility. I shouldn't do it. But the job I had at the time reimbursed medical expenses and all of a sudden I ended up with enough money in my bank account to do this teacher training. And so I did it. And it blew my world wide open. If anyone in this room has done any sort of training, um, spiritually, yoga teacher training, you know it will change your perspective. And so my eyes started opening, I started to see that there could be a different way but I didn't fully listen to the message. And I kept on this track, because I kept getting promoted at work. And every time I would think like, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna like finish teacher training and and quit my job, I'd get promoted. And so I'd get more stuck and more tied. So I, I was teaching yoga, but I was also still in the corporate nine to five world. And I ended up with the job that gave me six figures. I achieved this goal I had set for myself and that was the worst year of my life. The job was fine Um, and I got pregnant, but I immediately had a miscarriage. And so when there's something that you want so badly and then to have it ripped away so quickly, that was it for me. That was the final boulder. (laughs) I get emotional just talking about it. I didn't expect to. But that was the final boulder that the universe needed to throw at me. And I said, okay, I get the message. I can't sit here in a windowless office from nine to five, even though I like the people I work with and the job's satisfying enough. This is not what I'm meant to be doing. And so I left my job. I went with the universe. I took the leap. I, started a, I actually started a PR business first. But what was amazing, what happened was when I left my job, the weird gastrointestinal stuff went away, the migraines went away, and three months later I got pregnant with my daughter. And so I started to listen to the messages. And the other funny thing that happened was all this worry about money, and oh, if I go out on my own, I'm not gonna make enough money. The universe aligned, and I was making almost as much as I made in the corporate world. All of this opportunity came in because I let go of my grasp on money, my hold. And then I started getting messages again at the beginning of the year because I had started this blissful budget business and I had sort of stepped forward and stepped back with it a few times. And I was working with friends and and I started getting the message that I need to go all in. And so I did before the universe could send another boulder my way because I was done with that. So I'm here, here today. And so, you know, there were, there were sort of three, three things I needed to do. First was face my money story. Really know that, you know, I had this story, six figures equals success. And so we all have money stories. I guarantee you everyone in this room has a money story, probably different from one another, about, you know, what money means to you or feelings that come up. Um, A lot of us think like, oh, I'm bad with money or I'm irresponsible with money or it's wrong to charge for money There are a million different money stories And so I want to read a quote that I love and use often from the Upanishads Watch your thoughts they become words Watch your words They become actions Watch your actions they become habits, watch your habits, they become character, and watch your character for it becomes your destiny. So the way I think about money and money stories, words have power, and the stories we tell ourselves have this power to become manifest in our world. So if we're walking around telling ourselves, I'm bad with money, then chances are you're going to start to create habits and create this manifest um, existence where you are bad with money. And it stems from just what we are telling ourselves. Words are spells. Words have power. What we put out into the universe, even if it's just something that was running through our head, we create. So how do you identify your money story? Sometimes it's not easy. So I would suggest, when you are doing one of these money tasks, when you're opening your bills, when you are looking at your bank account, do a body check-in. So notice where in your body feelings start to arise. So pay attention to the chakra that that corresponds to and see maybe is there an imbalance there. So let's say you are about to talk to your partner about money and you get real tight in your throat. Then maybe there's a story there about not, you don't think your partner will hear you or you don't feel like you can communicate yourself clearly. So do these body check-ins when you are sitting down with your money, whatever that looks like, opening a bill, that usually brings up a lot for people. A lot of people don't open their bills because they're like, if I don't see it, it's not there. And then notice these thoughts that come into your head. The first step is noticing and then without judgment, just observe what comes in. Notice when you tell yourself you're bad with money, or notice when you tell yourself you don't deserve money, or when you tell yourself, oh, I could never work for myself because I don't have the ability to make my own money. And then begin to flip the script. Remember, because words are spells, so flip it around. I'm good with money. I am worthy of making money. I am powerful enough to create my own money. And we tell our, ourselves these things over and over and over again till those become our habits and those become our character and those become our destiny. And say it to yourself till you believe it to be true. Because we don't believe it at first. You're, say, you're thinking like, oh, great, I'm going to tell myself I'm good with money and then I will be. Well, over time, it will become ingrained in your system. You'll put those words out there into the universe. The universe will hear it and then you can start to begin to create the relationship you want with money. So then the other piece of this is to look for the evidence. So I'm telling myself I'm good with money, I'm flipping the script, I'm doing this work. So then look for the evidence that you are good with money. You're paying your bills on time, the lights are on, you're putting food on your table, you have a roof over your head These little pieces of evidence are there if we look for them. These little signs of the satya, we use the term satya in yoga for truth. So the truth around our actual money story and then you can start to begin to rewrite your story. You can start to feel more empowered. So then another thing I had to do in my own journey was move from a lack mindset into one of abundance. I had a, you know, I had also this story of like, I had the story that I couldn't make money for myself. I kept telling myself, I'm never gonna have my own business. I I can't do that. Even though I come from parents who were both entrepreneurs, there's some some way that didn't transfer to me. (laughs) I thought, oh, I could never do that. I'm just gonna get my worth from someone else. But I was stuck sort of in this mindset of, of lack, which I think a lot of us are and I think this country really breeds this mindset of lack because remember what I said at the beginning, money's energy, energy is abundant. But we get so tied to this piece of paper and into this like race to get the piece of paper and we make the dollar sign our goal. Instead of, what is money really doing to nourish us? Money's not our adversary, it's there to nourish us. So I think about, well, what really brings me abundance in my life? What brings me joy or bliss? And how can money help me support those things? Because we, when we feel like, well, there isn't enough, first we need to figure out, what is my definition of enough? Because my definition is gonna look different from the next person and the next person. So we have to figure out our definition of enough and then our own definition of what is abundance. So what I like to do as a practice to tap into this energy of abundance is look at what I'm grateful for. And this isn't a new idea or theory. Like You ask any mindset coach or business coach, they're going to tell you. Work on gratitude, start a gratitude practice. We have, they have gratitude journals here for sale. There's something to this. And again, it's writing down and looking at where you're abundant creates this feeling of abundance. So an example of this, what are some things that make you feel abundant that have nothing to do with money? Just shout it out, I'll repeat it. Anyone, come on, we gotta have some things that make you feel abundant. Relationships, family, kids. What was that? Dog. Your dog. Yes. Sleep. Oh, my goodness. I love sleep. Yeah. Yes. These are... What was that? Yoga makes you feel abundant. Yes. A great meal makes you feel abundant. Time with friends, being out in nature. All of these things are not money. Money can get you some of these things and can help support you and nourish you to have these things. But we must begin to look at what actually is abundance for us and how can I cultivate abundance in my life and move away from this feeling that money is happening to me and more into the flow of money as my partner. Money is working for me. So I also suggest, one of my favorite practices is to have a jar. And every day, write down one thing that makes you feel abundant. And watch this jar fill up. And either on a special day of the year, like your birthday or New Year's, dump out the jar and read everything. Or on a day where you're feeling really in lack. And look at all the things you already have in your life that make you feel abundant. It can be pretty powerful. And then the other thing to do as we're moving into this mindset of abundance, into this energetic space of abundance, is to surrender. In yoga, we call this Ishwara Pranidhana, it's surrender. It's releasing our graspiness on money. We get so graspy with money. We worry about it so much. We worry about where the next dollar is gonna come from. There have even been studies that show when you make over a certain amount of money, I think it's $90,000, it actually brings you more stress because then you're worried about holding onto your money and you're worried about keeping your money safe. So I like to use the analogy of a garden hose. When you're holding onto your hose, and this goes back to how money is energy. When you're holding onto your hose, you're watering your plants. You're just gently supporting it, the water's flowing. If you start to get real graspy on your hose, you start to squeeze it, you start to cut off the water. The water stops flowing. And we energetically do this with money all the time. We cut off the flow because we start to get really, really worried about where the money is going to come from next. And then we start to come off a little bit desperate. And so if you are a business owner or a solo entrepreneur, it could. It's sort of like dating, like you want your clients to come in, you want, you want to get a a partner, but if you go to your date and you like, are like, love me, love me, please love me, you're probably going to repel the person. And so if you're a business owner and you want clients and you're like, please, please, you know, please come spend money with me. I really want you. Like imagine if Kelly stood outside the store and like pulled people in, like, please come in my shop and buy things they'd probably be like, who is this crazy person pulling me into this shop? We do this in the corporate world too if we are really attached to getting a promotion. If we go into our boss's office, like, I really need this because I can't pay my bills and I need more money, your boss is probably not going to give you the promotion. So Ishwara Pranidhana, Surrender, asks us to do the necessary work and then release control over the outcome. Because we don't have control over the outcome. So we do the work. We talk to clients about what we can provide for them. We tell our boss, here are all the reasons why I am you should promote me, because I'm awesome. <laughs> we build a beautiful space like this that's inviting and welcoming. And then we allow the customers to come in. And so energetically, we can do this with money. We can do all the work we need to do. We can set ourselves up really well. And I'll talk a little bit too about like bringing ritual in this as well. But we set ourselves up well, and we do the work we need to do, and then we release control of the outcome. It's easier said than done. But when we start to loosen our grasp on money, when we start to place our trust and faith in the universe, controlling what we can control and then letting go of the rest, then we can start to allow ourselves to be open for that money to flow in, for that money energy to come in. And it's not an easy practice. It's hard. Especially with how we've been conditioned in this culture, in this country in particular. So it's a daily, hourly practice. (laughs) How am I doing on time? Okay, great. So then the final piece, and the other piece that I really had to learn how to do in my own story was work with spirit, universe, whatever word resonates with you. I had to listen to the messages because those messages kept getting louder when I ignored them and I needed to finally listen to them. And so, again, you can start to tap into your intuition, into what your spirit guides or the universe are trying to tell you. Again, by doing these little body check-ins and noticing like the little things that are going on. Maybe you have something physically manifesting in your body and maybe that's tied to money or career. So we start to To actually listen. And if you have a relationship with your spirit guides, maybe you even ask one to come forth that's your business guide or your money guide. That team, I do believe that we have this team, this spirit team there to support you. And so you begin to cultivate your relationship with them and maybe they can help you too. If you don't believe in that, maybe it's just listening to your inner voice. We all have inner wisdom. It's just a matter of how much we listen to it and how much we connect with it and allow those messages to come through. And this inner voice is not like the daily chatter that goes through our head, but it's what lies underneath, what's there, like what we feel in our heart. So we begin to cultivate a relationship with spirit. We start to talk to our spirit guides. We start to listen to our inner voice. So, that we can be more guided from a more authentic place, from living our highest truth. So, that goes along again with this idea that money is energy. Money's speaking to us too through these guides, this energy, how it wants to flow in and flow out. And it's even tapping into that as well. I was being told, you need to serve, you need to serve. And you know, there's an energy to that, too. If you're making your money doing something that's not bringing you joy, then you're, you're probably going to have kind of an icky feeling about your money, too. I was being paid six figures, and I had a story about, well, I'm not really doing enough work to deserve this, so I always sort of had this weird relationship with my money. But now that I'm doing something that I feel better about, and that I'm more in the flow with, then I feel a little bit better about the money that's coming in, even though right now it's not as much as I was making before. But we put that trust in the universe, we let go, and we form a better relationship with spirit. So another piece of this is to cultivate an energetically clean and attractive relationship with money. This can look a lot of different ways. I've been hearing this term a lot lately, that nature abhors a vacuum. So it's creating open spaces for your money, and this can get very practical. This can be as practical as having a separate personal checking account and a separate business checking account. Or if you are not self-employed, having a personal checking account and a savings account and maybe a retirement account. Like keeping all your money, creating space for the money that you want to call in. So if you want to start saving money, open that savings account, even if you're just throwing $5 in it. Or there's an app called Digit that I love that you can, it'll like gently take money from your account without you knowing it in like very small increments. But it's a great way to create that space, like a practical way to create energetic space for money to come in. Look at your purse, or your wallet, or wherever you keep your money. Is it full of receipts? Are the bills folded and strewn about? Do you not even have a wallet and you just kind of throw your money on the kitchen table? (laughs) Create a space, a clean space, to invite in money. So get rid of those receipts, file them away if you need to keep them. Lovingly smooth out your bills. Have them all face the same direction. Organize your coins. Make sure there's not a lot of clutter in your purse. So you're energetically creating space for money to flow in. You're creating a vacuum. You're creating this very attractive space where money will want to flow. Because if we're putting up blocks, if our purses are really cluttered, if our um, wallet's really cluttered, It's almost like we're putting up a block that we don't even realize of like, no, I don't think money should come in here. And again, that probably ties back into some story you have about money. And then the final piece of this is to make money a ritual. So we have a lot of things we have to do around money. We have to pay bills, we have to look at our bank account, we have to, you know, balance our checkbook, all of these things. And again, this goes back to this mindset of money's not our adversary, money's our partner. So why don't we start to treat it like a partner and create a ritual around money? So if you have to sit down and look at your budget or make your budget for the month or pay your bills, think about how you can make that more into a ritual. Maybe brew yourself a really nice cup of tea Create an energetically supportive space. Maybe have a grounding stone with you. Maybe have an essential oil that makes you feel very grounded and calm. You could even like sit for a moment and meditate on where things are coming up in your body or draw an oracle card to see like, what message do I need from my money energy today? And then do the thing, whatever the thing is. Pay your bill, balance your checkbook, make your budget for the month. And then close however you need to close out that space. And make this a date, weekly or monthly, whenever you need, you know, feel you need to do it, but make it something that is enjoyable. It's almost like a date with your money. Um, if you've heard of Barry Tesler, she's another um, like money person, healer out there. And she talks about making money dates. And so it's this idea, again, of like forming this relationship with your money. And that's very supported by all of your spiritual tools. Because all of these things work together. So you have also maybe noticed in this shop that they sell ritual kits. So you can actually do rituals to help call in money, cultivate abundance in your life. And I wanted to, before we close for questions, I wanted to just tell my story about the road opening kit here. It's intense. I don't know if any of you have done any of the ritual kits here, but they're intense. It takes about two hours of you sitting and staring at candles and doing mantra. And they're amazing. And so I was determined to open this business. I um, sat down one evening and did the road opening kit. Maybe a week or two later, my husband lost his job. But then all of a sudden he ended up in a situation where he was making double the income. And so I was able to fully leave and close my PR business. A major roadblock was unblocked and totally not in the way I wanted or expected but something that actually worked out really well for our family. And so that's, that's that surrender, right? That's doing the work and letting go of the outcome. So even when we do everything, we have to be open to the universe um, responding to our request in a way that is totally different than the way that we think it should look. And I hear this story so many times from people that I thought my life was going to be this way, but when I surrendered and I got in flow with the universe and with spirit, I got everything I wanted, but in a way that looked totally different than the path I had set for myself. This is a common in the healer's journey story, and in most of our stories, once we start to let go. So again, money is energy, money and energy is abundant, and money is not our adversary. Uh, before I open for questions, you can find me at Budget blissful on Instagram or blissfulbudget.com. I'm on Facebook, too, but I don't really do much on Facebook yet. So I would love to open for questions, and I'll probably bring the mic to you if we can reach that far. Okay. Is it going to work if I go all the way back? Okay.
0: I have one about how would you recommend um, instilling this with your children, like abundance mindset with your children. Yeah, because I have little spiritual boxes for them with money in it, so they kind of make the connection that money is you know, connected with it. But how would you,
1: what types of things do you say to them or what would you recommend to do that? Did you all hear the question? Okay, great. So, what would I recommend with children, and I love that you are already, like, instilling this mindset with your kids, because I, it goes back to, like, we're not educated around money, and we I certainly wasn't, like, given an abundance mindset practice when I was a kid, so I think what you're already doing is wonderful, and I, you know, showing your kids healthy money habits can help with cultivating abundance. I think doing a gratitude practice with your kids is such a good way. Before you go to bed each night, just talk about, okay, what are you grateful for that happened in your day? I have a 16 month old, but when, you know, she can talk and we can talk about this, that's what I'm planning to do with her. So, you know, I think showing that, like that, that money is a partner any ways you can kind of dispel fear around money. I think if you have a lot of fear around money, that can unfortunately get passed on to your kids. Again, money stories are generations old. We are carrying stories of our ancestors that we may not even be aware of. So it's also doing that ancestral work that's been coming up a lot around me lately, but maybe look back at your own ancestry and the story that surrounds that too. I hope I answered your question. Okay, great, thank you. Anyone else? No? Yes. Do you have any like money
0: mantras that you would recommend? Any phrases that we could use um, as starters
1: as we're trying to correct our mindsets? Yes, um, one of my favorite money mantras, it's not mine, it comes from another um, coach Money Coach, but it is, now I have to remember it. Um, Money flows to me easily from places known and unknown. And so I started writing this, money flows to me easily from places known and unknown. I started writing it in my day planner daily. I got a check in the mail for $350 from our mortgage company, like mortgage surplus, you know, you save too much money, here you go. (laughs) um i got another like unexpected little bill rebate in the mail so it's funny like just putting that mantra out there um i am good with money is very powerful Um, and they don't sell them here but there is a tarot um creator named ethany and she has a um, money magic manifestation deck that i love you can get it on etsy And you can draw, they're like oracle cards, and you can draw a card each day and it has a different money mantra on it. And so there are a lot of great mantras, like I release the money stories of my ancestors, or it is safe for me to succeed in my business, because that's a big story too. A lot of us, especially entrepreneurs, are kind of afraid to succeed for various reasons. Maybe we think our friends will think we sold out if we start to actually make money. It goes back to what Kirsten was talking about at the beginning about like, you know, reconciling making money with our spiritual self. Um, so I highly recommend that deck as well. Yes. I release the money stories, of <laughs> my generation. I got right in. I was hearing myself in stereo for a moment. (laughs) Oh, another piece I don't think I touched on. Um, You can create a money altar as well. I have one in my home. It is a beautiful space to cultivate this relationship with money. So you can find a sacred space in your home. Mine's sort of in the corner of my living room right now. I put a um, cloth down that's really pretty. And then I have lots of different stones I have some money, I have a bowl of coins, and occasionally, like, I'll throw bigger bills on there for a while, too, just to kind of charge them with that positive energy. Um, You can place candles. They actually have candles here, like a green candle or a gold candle or some candle. I have one um, from a company called Yo Soy that's out of Portland, and she has different mantras on her candles, and I have, I am following my bliss on my altar, which is very important to me. And it's just a place you can visit, you can tend to, you can move things around as you need to, and just sort of that, like, manifest reminder of the relationship that you're trying to cultivate with this money energy. Anything else? Yes, hold on. So I kind of relate to your story, but I'm very like, beginner, and I feel really disorganized and really, like, overwhelmed, and I don't even know where to start with any of this just because it's, like, it's really overwhelming, and I was looking back there, but it's, I don't, like, which one would I even start to grab? It's just I'm very, it's, I don't know where to begin because I don't know anything at this point. It's just very hard. Um So are you <laughs> No, it's good. Are you are you thinking about leaving a job or are you sort of like just, just like every starting a job. Mm-hmm. okay. And yeah. Just kind of trying to feel everything out, but it's so new. Mm-hmm. Is so new. Yeah. Sign up, sign up for my program. <laughs> I do work, I work one-on-one, um, here's my plug, I work one-on-one with folks for 90 days at a time, um, so that's a place to start, but <laughs> I actually also have a um, program coming up, it's called 21 Days to a Blissful Budget, um, we have an early bird special till September 9th, it's $88, so 21 days, each day we do something like a practical action with our money and a lesson. And it's very tied into yoga philosophy. So we go through um, sort of the ethical practices of yoga and how they relate to money on this 21 day journey to find organization in your budget. But I would say like step one is always to look at your money picture. So whether that's building a budget or just looking at, okay, I'm making this much and here are all of my expenses. That's often the scariest part is just to like sit down and look at it. And again, this goes back to Satya facing our truth is sit down and look at, at the reality of your financial picture of your money um, without worrying about like what you need to do with it. But just see like, okay, well, here's what's flowing in and here's what's flowing out again, looking at that money flow. And then notice what's coming up for you in your body, where you're feeling it, because I'm sure I can already feel your energy. You're kind of like, eek, (laughs) about it. Um, But sometimes just looking at it can bring a little bit of relief. It's like, I like to talk about it as like when you're not looking at your financial picture with money as energy, your money's kind of scattered all around. And a lot of people I talk to, they feel so scattered. Like I feel their energy and it's just like, it's going in all directions. And so what happens when we actually build a budget or look at what we're making face that truth, it's like we're harnessing all that energy. We're bringing it in. We're kind of tampering it down a bit. So there's not like so much unknown. We're actually able to see it. I hope that helps. Yes. Awesome. Great. Any
0: others? This episode was produced by Kirsten Hedges and produced and edited by Georgie Harris. For more information, visit us at ModernMysticShop.com and click on Sunday School.